Hi, this is Apostle Baker J. Baker, who is a doctor in psychology, and I am still so hyped up from last week. I get to be on this program with my brother. Let your friends, your enemies, let your family members, let all the religious people, all those religious demons, all of these things, let all of the people know that Apostle Cal and Apostle Baker are on releasing the things of the kingdom. You want change in your life. We're here to provoke you as to how it is that you really think about the kingdom of God. So remember to share this with everybody. Remember, this is tell it like it is the kingdom way, not man's way, but the kingdom of God way. And uh, come on, Apostle Cal, and we're going to stick right on target. You're going to talk about that tabernacle, I mean, about the that, that place and that picture and all of those things. We're not going to talk about what hasn't happened. You laid that right. work last week. You're going to get right to the point. Uh, yeah. you get rid of that spiritual indigestion that you have that I say you didn't have, but you do have because I heard you belch. So go ahead. You know, when you don't get what you have in you out, uh, as a minister, Dr. Baker, you know that it's it, it, it'll get on you till you get a release. That's what I meant when I say it. And so, but let me get right into this because uh, this has become my passion. Uh, I, I realized the era of my ways in church because I was trying to uh, introduce the kingdom of God like a business, like some kind of enterprise where people come and get busy about the work of God. And that was never God's intention to get people doing church work and getting them busy doing the work. What God's intentions were and will always been his intentions was to bring his children into transformation. There's three kinds of forms. There's there's conform. There is uh, uh, you're being uh, reformed and then there's formed. The, each process of the be conformed by the renewing of your mind and being uh, reformed back to your original form. Watch this. And it's only when you're formed can you represent the form that you're being formed like. This is why Jesus, who is the form, placed the seed that guarantees that you be like him. And so what we're after is no other form. And when we're out of form, he gives us a word for the renewing of our mind to bring us back to the form that gives us a right to have dominion in the earth realm. See. That's why the Bible says, Dr. Baker, that uh, Jesus was marred more than any man in Isaiah. What do you mean he was marred? I thought he took on the, was, yeah, but listen to me. When man fell, the image he fell from, he took on an image that he was so far away from the image of God, he was marred. He lost the image of his father. He didn't look like his dad. You know, some people, you see their kids with them. Oh, you look like your mama. Oh, you look like your daddy. Oh, you look like your grandfather. But when Adam fell, he he was marred. So what Jesus had to do, he had to take every person that fell in Adam and take their marring and take it to the cross. And he had to be marred so that you can look like him again in his image. So the whole purpose of the church was to get you back to look like the sun, to operate like the sun, to be like the sun, to move in the earth like the sun, to have the language of the sun, to have the mind of the sun, to have back in order of the sun to come back into dominion. And we've done everything in the church but that. 
We've done everything. Let's not talk about the problem. Let's go on. Let me show you why this is significant. This is significant because he wanted to have a priestly family. That's why he comes back and tells you uh, two places in the Old Testament. One, he said, royal priesthood, uh, holy, generous, peculiar people under me. 19th chapter five and six talks about that. Comes back in Second Peter and tells us to not, oh, you a royal priesthood, a holy generation to show forth the praises of your God back into your priestly priestly call back into the order of Melchizedek. There's an order about what we do. Everything's done decently and in order. And the only way you can manifest sonship is by following the pattern of the son. Now watch what it says. It says, so Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest, but he said unto him, thou art my son today, I have begotten thee. And said also in another place, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So the first thing was revealed was that he was a son. And the second thing revealed was the son was a priest. And he was an anointed priest. And no man can change that order, Dr. Baker. We are sons and we know when everybody in the church is in the prayer ministry. I don't know what you guys are talking about. There's several ministries you can join. There's only one ministry that's going to produce the life of the son. And that's the life of the priesthood he calls you into. It's called the law, the royal law in Romans chapter two, verse eight. That's the only law that God is going. He said he he said he fulfilled all the other laws that were against you, nailed them to the tree, handwriting of ordinances that were against you, except there's one law that's against you. You must love your neighbor as you love yourself. That And that's only, he said, there's no greater love than to lay down your life for your friend. That's the royal law. That's the law of the priesthood. That's the law that every member of the church should operate in intercessory prayer. I'm moving, let me move on. That's not why I'm here to teach that, but I'm tired of everybody talking about we've got a prayer ministry. No, everybody's the prayer ministry. How are you going to have one body of Christ and everybody's doing 2,500 different things? There's only one body by Christ, and that body is a praying body. That body is a priestly body. That body, come on, is the body of the Son, and the Son is an intercessor. My head is giving directions here, and my body must follow. If my head is interceding, that means my body is an interceding body. How do we get all this stuff? Because we got this stuff out of the heads of men rather than the mind of God. Empty heads cause empty lives. And that's what we got, a bunch of people that are not fulfilled. They need to be delivered. I'm going through. My mama did this. You don't know what I'm going through. But wait a minute. If you entered into the vitality of the prayer life of Christ, he would deliver you in your first meeting you joined. The moment you get into the seat, where the Christ is interceding, that living God interceding, you get delivered from everything that's been against you. Because if he be for you, who could, let me move on. I'm getting out. I'm moving on. I said, I'm moving. Let me get out of there. I, I got to go out of here. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> I won't get it done if I don't move. And so every time Jesus went somewhere and did something like the baptism, the first thing the father did, he said, this is my son. And the baptism is his release to bring the creation back into image, to bring his sons back into the company, uh, which is the image of God. And even when Jesus transfigured before them in Matthew chapter 17, five, uh, two and five, he said, and Jesus transfigured before them and, he, and his face did shine as the sun and his raiment was white as a light. Amen. And so uh, we found out last week that, 
that word son is we house full grown. That's the only time Jesus' name is mentioned. He's, even when he was a child, he was called a we, a we, a we house. Because he was born, this, I, I try to say this, I know this is not too deep. But when Jesus was born, he was fully mature. He was a spirit placed in the body. That spirit, a part of him, was fully mature. It could not get any closer to being God than it already was. What Jesus had to do, watch this. I'm going to show you how heavy Jesus is. He stayed in that little body until that body grew up to be what he was. And then that body had to learn how to carry that glory. Oh, my God. Yes, yes, you, yes. Yes. He thought it not robbery to be equal with God because he was God. And he had to learn how to carry God in captivity because everything inside that man was still held captive to sin. My God. And he had to learn, he had to learn how to carry himself among that foul humanity, the depravity of men, to go through the suffering of a fallen generation who fell so deep in darkness, yet he took on that form as a servant of the living God so that he could deliver you because you were not like him anymore. So he had to become like you so you could be like him. And he, you could not get his form until he took on yours. So we, so we, what you're, are you saying this? So now we, just the opposite, have to learn how to walk and carry that spirit, how we are to be that sanctuary, that tabernacle, and carry that spirit. Until that flesh turns back into spirit. Until that part of you becomes like him. That's what he's talking about. That's it. Okay, say that again. Because I so that part, let me give you an example. When you the Bible says that we're lively stones. All right. So what what was he saying? In, he sees something inside that stone, and like a and like a sculpture, what he'll do, he'll remove the parts of the stone that hide the picture of what he wants to bring out of it. So he'll chip away at that stuff called life and flesh and carnality until one day he can reveal you as the finished work of the son. And so that's what he's talking about. There's some stuff in you. That's why he's in you and you're in him. He's working in you so that he could sculpture and cut and chip away on the stony parts of your heart and, and every part of you that's not a picture of him, he has to bring it and keep it concealed until the day that he can reveal it to the world as manifested sons of God. See, that's what he's talking about. Now, let me. Okay. All right. Let me move past that. Now, this is going to, I'm going to take my time with this part. This is the most important part that I'm going to tell you right here. Remember we talked about Psalms uh, 2. It says that it was a decree from heaven that thou art my son. Yes. Yes. Okay. This is it right here. This is what gets us rolling here. This is what gets, now what's this? How important is it, is it to have the heart of the father God? And how important was the son in the heart of God? Watch this. If we go back to the beginning of time, when man existed, there existed nothing but God, watch this, who is a spirit, we will discover something uniquely important. We will find that God is, is, is a thinker. He contemplated on the idea, one which may be summed up in one word. God had one. He said, look, I'm going to create man. And the first thing I'm going to do, I'm creating me a son. 
Come on, I want you to get this in your spirit now. That's God. He didn't have another. He could have said, I want to create a, a this. But he said, I'm going to create a son. Now watch, watch, watch. The son is God's purpose. His resolve. His design. His aim. His intentions. His predetermination. Romans 8, 29. He predetermined. He foreknown you to be conformed to the image of a son. That's always been God's predetermination that you, my dear, you young man, would be a son. He is the idea kept before God's mind as an end to all of his efforts and actions. His son is the image of the invisible God, Colossians 1.15. He is before all things, and by him all things consist. Listen to me. Jesus is holding you together right now. It ain't the government. It ain't Bush. It ain't the Democratic Party. It's not anybody. It's the Lord God Almighty through his son holding everything together right now. Uh, you need to hear what I just said. He's holding you together. You wanted to commit suicide this year. You wanted to give up the ministry. You wanted to walk away from your marriage. You wanted to give up everything, but he held you together by the power of his, oh, Lord Jesus, the power of his son. Let me go on. All created things that are in heaven and on earth were made by this son. Come on here. This son is the greatest expression of the existence of the father. He is the character, the dignity, and the radiance of the invisible God. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Now, he wants you to look at your wife and tell her, if you've seen me, you've seen my God. Have I been a husband that you can see God in? Have I been a wife that you can see the son in? Have I been a person? Have I been a minister? Have I been an individual? that people say, when she talks to me, I see the son of God. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Not a woman's ministry, not a men's ministry, not another messed up thing that gets people sidetracked from the purpose of being sons. Don't get mad at me. I'm not against women ministry. I'm I not. Think people are getting glad with you. I think that what's happening right now is that your people are becoming free. I think the people are becoming to realize that we have to walk in this alignment because there's no other way to go than God's way. It's his plan. It's his planet. It's his us. It's his. Go ahead. And the son laid aside his own glory. It took on himself the nature of the seed of Abraham, fallen man, a lying Abraham, a deceiving Abraham. That must have hurt a, a righteous God to take on uh, uh, the, the, anyway. He was made like unto his brother that he might be merciful and faithful high priest pertaining to the things of God. His name is in his flesh. In blood form is Jesus. Jesus is the exact visible expression of our Father God, localized in the manifestation of Christ, the Son. Yeah, he's localized. Jesus put it all together and presented the world a son that looked like his father. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to say something to you. You can sing in the choir. And you can do all that stuff you call church work, and it doesn't change who you look like. 
You want to get a Grammy Award? You're singing for awards and you're singing for doves and you lost the glory of God in your song because you're not singing for the king anymore. You're singing for somebody to recognize you. That's not the image of the son body of Christ. Amen. It's the image of the son that Peter walked by in his shadow. It was, it was the image of the son. Peter don't have any power in him, but the son he carried had power to raise that, to heal those on the side of the road. See, it's the image of the son. Christ made God known. He declared him, that is considered him out loud, unfolded him and rehearsed his message of life before the creation. He is God's display of himself. Jesus is God's display of himself. Christ is God's explanation of his thoughts. I want you to see. That's why he said, let this mind be in you. He, why do you think? Because that's how God thinks like Christ thinks. He said, let Christ, the creator of everything and holds everything together, let that mind be in you. Why is that? Because, uh, because uh, Jesus is the full expression of God. Uh, and, and Christ is, is God's purpose. This purpose has always been unbending, unalterable, unyielding, and unchanging. Both God and his purpose are eternal. Neither of them can ever be changed by any circumstances. Now, we can, uh, we can look at uh, Romans 8, 29. Let me read it again to you by Christ and, uh, because it's important that we get this and not misunderstand what it's saying. This is the final day prophecy. Listen to me, prophets. You're prophesying all kind of stuff, but it has nothing to do with the sun. It's like somebody else's prophecy decides the last day. No, this is the last day prophecy, body of Christ. Let me give it to you. It says, and we know, that, oh man, our God speak to us, that we know that uh, everything worked together for our good, them that love God. Watch this. For, for they, we are called according to his purpose, for whom he didn't foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Watch this. That we might be the firstborn of many brethren. Why is this essential? Do you know that God is working together for your good on your behalf if you can say without reservation that I love God? Now, some of you can't do it. Well, then all things, good or bad, as we perceive them, are working together for our good. Why? Because God's purpose. It's to conform us to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. These three words come in mind, form, transform, and conform. The form is Christ, for he is that which is formed in us, Galatians 4 19. He is formed through the transforming and the renewing of our minds so that we might prove what is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Watch. The end result of this process is to bring us into union with the original form. The original form, not church, y'all. My God, have we messed people up. People have lost their mind because what they did to them in the church, what they did to them in the organization. I know some angry black women because of what the denomination did to them, and they lost their form. Get back on track. <laughs> Well, I'm just trying to help you understand where I'm going. When you're out of form, you do uh, you look like Frankenstein monster. The end result of the process is bringing us into union with the original form. Christ is the original form. This truth is contained in the idea of being conformed. This is a people in complete union with the form. 
You cannot be in union with the form if you're not going to get renewed your mind. See, we're playing games with people. Uh, you got a ministry of healing and you ain't been conformed. You got a ministry. Of, you can't. God's not going to give you his power and you don't have his form. You can't. You listen to me. Just because you go on a missionary trip don't mean you got that you got his You've been conformed. You could travel the world and still be you. It doesn't. You must be conformed. Wow. You got to understand what I'm saying to you. And that conformed what? Not to church bylaws, not to denounce, but to the image of the son. The answer, my dear brothers and sisters, is the son of God. Let's get on our face before God. Put traps all over the kingdom trying to find purpose and understand. He told us right here in Romans that it's been proposed and before he knew you, knew you then when he, you were chosen in him, what you would be. And that, my ladies and gentlemen, was the image of dominion that's only found in his son. Only place you can find this power, this grace, this mercy, these giftings operating in optimum operational power is in the form of the son. I have a question for you. Yeah, I hope I can answer it. Of course you can. Okay, we're, we're, you're speaking also to people that have spent all this time being a prayer warrior, being somebody that says that they're laying before the, the, uh, uh, the altar of God, doing all of these things, but still have the form of the adversary rather than the form of God. So if you would speak to the fact that there is a difference between that pretense of that relationship with God and laying before God and doing that, you know, all the religious jargon, you know, you taught, you, I mean, we've been in, at any rate, I want you to go there. I want you to talk about authentic, authentic and who authenticates It's him, not us. Yeah, you know, I laid before the altar for 20 years looking for ministry. I look for open doors. I look for someone to approve of me. I said, Father God, I love you. Love me back by opening some doors. Do this. And I didn't know that I wasn't, my prayer life wasn't predicated on what I got to do for him, but what I became for him. And as I began to see God, he loved me so much, he told me the truth. And I, and it broke my heart. He says, it's not about you being anything. I didn't call you to do anything for me. The mandate on your life is to become a son. And you have to understand something, Calvin. I told Jesus that he was my favorite son. He never did anything in ministry. The thing he did that I was so proud about it, he was my son. He didn't do any works. I came out of heaven. When he got out of that water, and then I said, this is my son. He hadn't done any ministry, Calvin. Why are you trying to do all this stuff to prove to people that you got, that you're anointed and that you got all that? Why don't you wait on me? Why don't you wait on some manifestations of his character and his nature? You want the, you want the gifts, but what about those other important components that come with his life? Why are you so anxious to go out there and let everybody see what you could do rather than who he is? Did you not know that he's the answer, Calvin? So it changed my life from seeking things for me and seeking things that will change me from him. 
And people say, yeah. and then I and then I asked the pastor one time, Doctor Bear. I said, Well, how do you how do you get all it? Because we had a big old beautiful church. I said, How'd you get all? We had big chandeliers. They were beautiful. He said, Well, uh, I preach the word, and uh, the people come. I said, Well, what else do you do? He said, I, I take care of the poor, and because I take care of the poor, God gave us this. I said, What else do you do? He said, I stay in God's face. I said, But well, give me give me something. Give me tell me something else. You do. What else you do? He said, that's it. And so, and I said, well, wait a minute. Let me go back and talk to God because these guys on the television are saying something different. And he said, don't ever pray for yourself for anything from this world. He told me that. So my wife and I, we've been doing this for 40 something. We've never got together. Let's pray for a new car, a house. Or, I, I, you know, we never prayed for anything for Calvin and Dolores. Me either. Me either. Never. Never. I don't never do have. Never said, oh, we need, never have. Even when we needed something, we made sure somebody else got it. We made it happen for somebody else. And God says, Pastor Foreman told us, whatever you make happen for somebody else, God will make happen for you. And all these years later, that's what he did. Mm -hmm. I want somebody here. I remember so, in the very beginning, I didn't do that. I didn't know that. And then after a year or two, I found that out. You don't and pray enough. I don't pray for stuff. I don't. I don't. I don't. And that 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 has changed. I mean, that that just gives me the life. That gives me the life. Even when I was sick, I did not pray for this and this and this. I prayed. I prayed that I could see him. I prayed for. I mean, you know, that I wanted to see him in me. That's right. You know, I think if it's not too late for us to go back into the holy of holies. We didn't show that picture today because all that structure that we saw before last week was only for that you to be there because that's where the life of the sun. Let me let me show you. Let me, let me try to say this. I, see, we thought that the life would come from us being in front of the people and, and, and being maybe the lead singer in the choir or the, maybe the choir or the praise leader. But see, the life that God promises comes from that holy of holy place. That. And for those that abide under the shadow, he told us, I will say to the Lord, warfare, come, he said, but it won't touch you. Come not. Why? Because you, you're in that place where the lions will, nor the ravenous beast can come, can't find you. That's in that place where you're being transformed to the form back to dominion. <laughs> and, and the enemy says, no, you, you all need to get busy. Because you ain't proven that you uh, you earn your salary as a pastor. You ain't you ain't doing enough. You ain't visited enough people yet. You don't deserve none of this. You don't deserve this. Look at you. You're not doing enough for me. That's what that's what the enemy's telling him. No, no, no. He don't want you to do anything for him but change to be like that's the it. son. That's it. That's gonna, take, that's gonna take you some time in, in that place called the Holy of Holies. And, and will you please get into that next week? Because we're out of time. And if you will start, you know, everything that you have done, I, I, I know it has been lying up online because if uh, all of these things, people keep talking about how they spend all this time in the holy of holies, but their, lad, their life looks like the unholy of unholies. So I really believe that I know what you need to get out of you, but I know that you have ministered to God's people these last two weeks. And I am so looking forward to what God will bring out of you next week when we're I, here. 
Well, we got to spend time with purpose, not just spending time and then come out and tell everybody how much time you spent. There you go. We'll be back next week when we're uh, here. Time flies fast when I'm with you. We're, yes, it does. When we're, I love you. I love I love you. you. <laughs> we thank you for joining us, everybody. See you next week when we're here to tell it like it is, the kingdom way. Bye-bye. <laughs>